Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Again, friends in podcast land, and welcome to episode 134 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Steve Pander. And we're bringing you a special Canadian and White Caps double dose. Yeah, we're coming live from BC Place after Canada defeated Honduras, got a little bit of revenge on them by being the one nothing in World Cup qualifying. Obviously, yes, I know yeah, it's still one no, nothing. making a face here. It's still one. I know it's 8-2 on aggregate right now, but last two games, but still, it's a one nothing. It's a good start to the qualifying season. Yeah, and I think what, we, what you can draw from that is two things. One, the Canadian men's national team have to play every single match now in Vancouver. And two, Canada's now going to the World Cup in Russia. Well, it seems like it, the way everybody was celebrating by the end of the game. It yeah. was a very jubilant celebration. Uh, you expect the fans to be like that, but the the, the players were just itching to get on the, yeah, off the pitch. I, I said yeah, to you, watch, watch the bench, watch the bench. And as soon, soon as the yeah, soon as the final whistle came, Bori- mass explosion. Borian went on two knees. He went, was pointing to the sky, and people were just going right over to the. Oh, it was amazing. But looking back on the history of Canada, you you, you know we we it's a good start. Like we said, oh, like no, just yeah, said. Totally. All, all jokes aside, yeah. fantastic dream dream start. And it, you felt like ways. it could have been more than just one nothing because they had a ch- couple of chances there here and there. To ext- oh, and you, you can hear hear the Canadian fans leaving, hopefully, in the background here. It is really a great, great... Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, let's talk about the crowd. Yeah. Just over 20,000. Yes, there were some Groupon deals and some of those kind of deals in the lead up to the game. There was only 400 packages available. Yeah, but they also offered to certain kind of city workers a two-for-one deal as well. Nothing wrong with that. No. So obviously the the dream of a lower bowl sellout didn't happen. But over 20,000, biggest ever attendance at this stage of, of the World Cup qualifying. Well, yeah, in a long time. well, yeah, I don't know if it was the biggest event. Maybe I should temper that, but certainly from four years ago yeah. or three years ago, I think it might have been way better than what Toronto drew. And, and then and you also got to look at it in, uh, in Toronto, there is quite a number of opposition support as well. So when you, you got numbers, the attendance numbers, there's quite a few from the other country. Here, there was some smattering uh, right below the press box. Um, obviously, they had a section in the f- um, the far corner, which which got bigger in the second half. I think half. some people like, went yeah. down there, or maybe they were late coming or something like that. There, uh, 
Some people obviously getting off work late. I think it got bigger as the second half game all over in multiple parts of the stadium. Uh, but uh, the Canadian supporter section, that was full. Flags waving throughout the whole game. Everything, everybody I mean, standing up. It was fantastic. Great atmosphere. And yeah, I was maybe a little bit in jest when I said uh, Canada now needs to play all their, their games here. But there should be no way that it's 11 years till they come no, back. Definitely. And to me... They sh- it should move around the country. We were talking about this during the game, but it should move around the country. And Vancouver has done a lot of good for itself to get the national team back here on a regular basis. Not just an odd game every few years, but on a regular basis. And, and, what, and I think they need to like alternate it, like you said, east, west, central. One game, if, if they find enough interest in Edmonton um, based on what they've done before there. Yeah, I mean, I have no problem. I mean, they, they have... They sh- for... A country this size, for it to be a truly national team, they need to move the games around. And, and, the, and you got to take an advent, the advantage of opening that roof. Yeah. Um, that, we it was frozen. cold. I was cold. Yeah. I, I'm born here and I'm cold. <laughs> I mean, I, I am stiff. Yeah. Um, and it's not just from my excitement at seeing Canada win. It's yeah. like it was pretty nippy out there. Yeah, it could be your medication too. Well, yeah, it, it's that as well. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, Actually, did Canada win or is that my medication? I'm not sure. <laughs> So, you know, some of the players uh, that impressed us, obviously the newest guy that just uh, arrived, Junior Hoylet, played his first cap, basically, as Canada official cap, and he's now tied, definitely, so he can't go anywhere else. We're guaranteed that now. Um, he, he, I thought he was probably one of their most impressive players. Yeah, I mean, he had a really good game, and not a new guy in the sense of committing to Canada, but a new guy just in terms of age and, and playing at this kind of stage of the tournament, Kyle Lahren, yeah. with the goal... Kyle Lahren's ass. I mean, there has to be some kind of TIFO now in the future for Kyle Lahren's ass. I think so. Somebody's got to get on that right away. Because I'm not giving that goal to Will Johnson because there is no way I'm going to cheer a Will Johnson goal at BC Place. At end of the match, it was surprising to see because you can see it on the big screen. Will Johnson in the supporter section at BC Place signing autographs and doing selfies with some of the fans there. So it is turned around completely. Well, I, like, I do have to say... And I never thought I would say this, and I feel really dirty for saying this. I really liked Will Johnson tonight. And who knows? He seems to be a little bit out of favour in Portland. Yes, he's had his injuries this season. He just had pins or something removed from his leg. But he was fully fit tonight, and he said all he, week he was fully fit. He played but 90 minutes, yeah, and he was solid. Through the he day. was on the bench for Portland against the Caps last Sunday and didn't come off the bench. Yeah. No, surprising. Another guy who I liked, obviously, and he's got a lot of pedigree, uh, Tiba Hutchinson just like controlled the match at the midfield he, he was my Canadian man of the match tonight just fantastic back there again another guy that, that could, could do a job for the Whitecaps or for MLS he would obviously come at a price the big price yeah Yeah, he, but no I mean both Johnson and him they were the two standout guys tonight and, well you also another guy too and he was he was torn between playing in, in the upcoming Super Bowl or whatever they Super call it Super Bowl? <laughs> no, no. Uh, sorry Soccer Bowl in the upcoming soccer bowl or whatever they call it now, I, I, I think it's NA, just the NASL, NASL championship. championship yeah. yeah. Uh, Julian de Guzman, I thought he yeah, was. Yeah, who I really spoke to during the week did a he, did a piece on AFTN, which yeah. hopefully you saw. And uh, he, he was the captain, which I thought Atiba Hutchinson would be the captain because he, he's normally the captain. But they gave it to de Guzman, and de Guzman, I thought, I thought he he did it really well. He was really in the referee's face most of the time. He was really like, uh, you know, fighting for his teammates and whenever there was a call. Um, on the field, and he and he not only that he came close to scoring on one of those shots in the first half before the goal went in. It, it was just knocked over the over the crossbar by the hunter and goalkeeper. Well, talking about 
being in the referee's face. Let's talk about the referee. I wanted to referee every match that Candice involved in. Yeah, I mean, he was excellent. Jamaican referee Kevin Morrison. But the referee was fantastic. I, I do think there may have been a little bit of payback from him just to say a thank you to Vancouver um, and a sorry to Vancouver for the form of Darren Maddox for the Caps for the last three years. Or it could, he, they could, he could have been promised a Darren Maddox signed jersey if he kind of won today. But yeah, Maddox jersey. I mean, who, who doesn't want a Darren Maddox jersey? Obviously going to be a collector's item in years to come. For sure, definitely. And another thing about being in the referee's face... Canada tonight finally learned how to conk a calf. Yeah, definitely. They were, they were killing time. Uh, you tweeted out Borean was giving instructions to the ball boy about, you know, slowly giving him yeah. the ball. Don't give him the ball too quickly. Yeah, well, about, I don't know, 15 minutes ago, you saw Borean, like, call the ball boy over and just say to him, look, calm things down. It's like, don't give the ball back so quick. We need to waste time here. Or I'm assuming that's what he was saying. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, the, that's clever stuff. It's stuff that Canada need to do. They wasted time in the last 10, 15 minutes. It was a perfectly executed performance. Clean sheet. Got the three points. Few concerning things we have to talk about. One of them being only one goal to show for the, the chances that were created. Will Johnson rattled one off the post. And it, it was a scrambled goal. It wasn't exactly a, a decisive 1-0 victory against a very poor, in my opinion, Honduras side. Yeah, Honduras, they, they, they got some shots. Like We're looking at the stats... Uh uh, shots on target, it was 6-4 to four in favour of Canada. But I don't remember, Honduras had that one chance late in the second half where uh, Borean had to tip it over the bar. Um, other than that, their shots weren't that dangerous. Oh, there was one too that Borean had to scramble around because he kind of uh, lost the ball, it, it lost track of it and just had to scramble to get a hold of it. Other than those two, there was not much to for Honduras to attack, especially in the first half. They were really disappointing in the first half. Yeah, I mean, completely. And then the the other really concerning aspect was the defence. The centre-backs especially. Centre-backs especially, pass-backs as well. Will Johnson was guilty for a few of those. The fact that Borean seemed to spend more time rushing off his line than calmly staying on his line. I mean, I've never seen a goalkeeper have to come out so many times in a first half to just clear danger. Yeah, I would like to see his, like, you know how the heat map they have? <laughs> and see exactly where he was, because I, I could have sworn sometimes he was across the centre pitch. Well, then towards the end, we saw him, like, when the ball was at the time. other end of the pattern yeah. injury time, and then he rushed from his goal line to the bench to, to give a, a message, and we were going, what the hell is he doing? Yeah. So that was a bit worrying, but, I mean, just, yeah, the 10 yards in front of the, the Canada box, very, very concerning. Yeah. They, they're going to need to really knuckle that down in away games because they're going to get punished, and it's going to be costly. Wasn't punished tonight, that's great. They kick off this section of the qualifying semi-final stage, with three vital points, they have to they have to win their home games. Yeah. Three vital points. Now they've got the game coming up on Tuesday against El Salvador. We talked about this last podcast, but I mean anything that they can get from that one point, great. Three points, fantastic. Now, what the, what do you think they should go? Go quickly looking forward to that game. What do you think they should go? Do you think they should play for the draw, or do you think they should go for the win? El Salvador's kind of like same level as Canada. Uh, Although maybe not in the rankings in the FIFA, but kind of like level-wise, maybe they're a little bit better obviously at home. So what do you think that we should do in this? I don't want to say they should play for the draw because I hate that. I, I hate teams that do play for the draw. But they have to play not to lose, which I know is kind of the same thing. But basically they have to put a team out there that's, I think, better defensively than, than we got out there tonight. Might make a few little tweaks here or there. I just feel that they can't go gung-ho. So... 
the ideal thing is a Vancouver Whitecaps style counter-attacking road performance. Yeah, and they, I think they have the attackers to do that too. Definitely now. I mean, with, with Ricketts and Laren and Coyle, uh, Akindele, they've got the players that can sit back and hit on the break. They've got like the two-man defensive shield, which is great to soak up the pressure. They just need the centre-backs and the, the back four in general just to be a, a little bit more solid and stronger. And they have a fully rested Russell Tiber to go into that second match as well, which is a positive, I guess. Yeah, literally the poster boy for Canadian soccer tonight. He was the centrefold, yes. Yeah, <laughs> which I, I know it's probably a dream of Lord Bob Ben Massey to have a Russell Tiber centrefold. Well, now he's got one. Yeah, definitely. And talking of Canadian players that didn't play today, Fraser Aird. Now, some of you might have read my piece on Fraser Aird on AFTN on Friday. If you didn't, we're going to play the full audio now. If you did read it, well, listen to it again. Just listen to his lovely, weird mixture of Canadian and Scottish accent. Um, so, yeah, let's hear about a guy that has committed now to Canada. Although he has Still not cap yeah, Still not properly cap <laughs> but he has committed to Canada. I can't see him changing his mind now. So I have a chat with Fraser just about that decision, the tough decision that he made to to go for Canada over Scotland and just about life playing with Glasgow Rangers. So here is Fraser Aird. How are you feeling the day before the, the first World Cup qualifier off this stage of things? Yeah, obviously uh, looking forward to it. Um, it's exciting times for Canada, obviously. Um, qualification um, for the World Cup. I think everyone's dreams, obviously, to go play in a World Cup. Uh, I think we have a really good squad um, this time around. And I think we can go on and do big things, but um, we have a chance to go and prove ourselves on Friday. Um, our first game's massive, so we can get off to a good start and hope we can go in and uh, get the three points. Now, over the years, Canada's lost a lot of players. They've chosen to play for other countries, but the tide seems to be kind of switching now, like Tejo's committed and Junior committed and yourself as well. What is it about the squad now that's making guys decide that they want to play for Canada? And like, how tough a decision was it for you to choose between Scotland and, and Canada? I think it was tough for me, obviously, um, born in Canada, um, playing my football in Scotland. Everyone in my family's from Scotland, um, other than me and my brother, so it was tough, but I just thought that this is where my roots lie. I was born in Canada, so I think I should play for Canada. And I think I've obviously made the right choice. I obviously got my first cap um, last month there. Um, and now I'm back involved with the senior squad, so hopefully um, long may it continue, um, and hopefully I can go on and make a few more, but the most important thing is obviously um, the qualification game's coming up, and hopefully we can start off uh, with three points um, here in front of a good crowd on Friday night. I, I, I totally agree with your decision. I do believe like, if you're born in the country, that's the country that, that you should go with. So when you chose Canada, I was totally fine with that. But what, was the rea- like, what kind of reaction have you had back in Scotland to... Because you, you were, was it under 17 and under 19 level there? I mean, have you had, have they been supportive? Um, I, think off, really uh, I think obviously they know that I made up my mind, so it's kind of um, put to the back burners a bit. Um, they know I was born in Canada, so um, they were all right with me, obviously, making my decision. At the end of the day, it was my decision. Um, no one else could really influence me other than myself. Um, but now I've made my decision now and I'm committed to Canada, so hopefully I can go on and have a good career with them. Now you've been playing with Rangers, you came through the youth system there, you've been playing in all the lower leagues, now my team's East Fife, uh, so actually you've played against us a couple of seasons ago, how have you found like this journey that the club's on just now, going from the bottom tier to by the looks of it this season it's going to be promotion back to the Premier? Yeah obviously it's been interesting, um, it's been a tough few years for Rangers, um, players, fans, everyone uh, 
involved at the club. Um, but I think it was probably the best time for a young boy to be at the club like myself because we got a chance. Um, and back in the day, a lot of it was only a few young boys got their chance to break through to the first team and also stamp their authority and keep their place in the first team. Um, I was lucky enough to be one of them to do that when we went into the third division. Um, and I've been in the first team ever since for the last three years. Um, so hopefully I can go in and keep up uh, my performances with them. And hopefully I can keep getting called, obviously, to play for my country. But no, it's, it's been a tough road and um, things are looking a lot more positive now. Obviously, we're five points clear at the top of the table in the championship, looking to get promoted this year. Um, and hopefully we can get Rangers back to where they belong, the top of Scottish football. For people that maybe don't like coming from Scotland, I obviously know the whole Celtic and Rangers thing and how bad it can get. How have you found it as a player? Like, is it tough to go out? Do you do you live in Glasgow? Or do you live in the outskirts? Or? No, I live in Glasgow, the West End. Is it tough because of just everything that goes on there, or is it not as bad as? I am from the East Coast, so um, it's like, we no, always imagine it's really, really bad. No, it's it's all right. Um, I think it's more good than bad. You get fans coming up to you, saying hello, wanting pictures. Little kids want pictures and autographs. Um, so I think it's a good thing in a in a sense. But obviously, you do get your bad times. But I think it's a lot more positive than it is negative. Um, you're always going to get the negatives here and there. But no, I think it's a lot more positive than it is negative. Um, and no, I love it. I love living in the um, in Glasgow. Um, people are friendly. It's a lovely country. Um, football's good obviously playing for the club I grew up supporting my whole life so it's uh, couldn't get any better to be honest for me but no it's uh, it's been good and hopefully uh, Rangers can get back to um, the top of Scottish football and obviously can get back playing against Celtic uh, four or five times a year because that's what uh, the Scottish people want to see yeah the least need that well good luck with everything cheers and thank good luck you tomorrow. cheers mate Thanks. thank you can't wish you good luck with Rangers though <laughs> <laughs> So that was Fraser Aird there. Now, we mentioned earlier that we were fans of Will Johnson tonight. And as Steve said, he was in the supporters' end at the end, taking selfies, signing autographs. And I actually caught up with Will Johnson on Thursday at Canada Training. And for regular listeners of this podcast, we used to do our Carl Robinson's Big Question. So now, instead of that, we thought we would do Big Johnson's Question. Big Johnson, I think you mean Johnson's big oh, question. Oh, yeah, Johnson's big question. Very, very confusing. Big Willie. That's what I was thinking of. So, without any further ado, here is... Will Johnson's big question. Questions and answers. Honesty lies. Yes, no, you can't. But you can if you know why. So... Joined by Will Johnson now. Now you're going to be playing for Canada, or you're with Canada for the yep. game at BC Place on Friday. What's it going to be like being at BC Place like, as a Portland fan, Portland player? <laughs> yeah. You've usually got the guys shouting at you. What's it going to be like having? No, the I think it'll going? be good, man. I don't think anybody will notice. We're all celebrating Canada tomorrow night, and obviously I'm a part of that, and I'm on the good guys now. So I think people will put the um, the Cascadia rivalry behind them and support the boys. It'll be a nice night. That's great. Thanks okay. so much. Cheers. Good tomorrow. Yeah. Well, 
Will Johnson there. As we discussed, the Canadian fans certainly did not abuse or boo him. Well, Vancouver fans. I well, don't Vancouver think he never fans, had yeah. issues with Toronto. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I should just say the Vancouver BC Place fans did not abuse and they cheered him on to the hilt, as you should for any player that is playing for your national team. But enough about Canada now. For the rest of the podcast, we're going to turn our attentions to Vancouver Whitecaps. Some big news this week. Oh, yeah, Matthias Laba. The first, or the latest, I guess, of the re-signings. Pedro was the first of the re-signings. Yeah, but, the but the latest of the re-signings. Obviously, we're delighted by that, Steve. Yeah, I, I think it's... I think, uh, we were talking about it... I was talking about it a couple of people before the game. It's a great multi-year signing. It doesn't mean what Matthias Laba is going to be here for all those you know, all those years on the contract. All it means is if somebody does come for Matthias Laba with a transfer offer, it, the transfer offer is going to be better because he's got multi-years on the deal. And obviously it's good for Matthias because he has a little bit more security going forward. Yeah, and I mean, a great signing. Great to get him tied up. There is a chance that he could go overseas. I, I, as awesome as he's been for the Caps and in MLS, I still don't think he's quite ready to go to a top, top team, maybe a championship second-tier team for sure in yeah. England. But I, I don't see the big Premier League clubs or the top flight in Italy, Spain, Germany, whatever, coming calling for him just quite yet. So I think it's good for the player, it's good for the Whitecaps to, to get that tied up. The Whitecaps had their end-of-season media day on Thursday afternoon. It was a very interesting end-of-season chat that we had with Carl Robinson and a few of the players. Carl talked about the signing Matty Lava up. And he also mentioned that in the next two, three, four, five days, he said, keeping his options very open there, there's going to be more announcements. There's going to be news of more re-signings. There's going to be news as to what's happening with some of the veteran players. And by the signs of it, we're also going to hear as well about which players may be released. Yeah, I think they have to do this quickly. Uh, I think the team still in the playoffs will have a little bit of respite, but everybody outside the playoffs will probably have to make it. Because you have to be fair to the players too. Um, well, and you have to give them as much time as possible to see what their options are other places. Oh, sure. And they've all had their exit interviews now. Yeah. They all got those on Thursday. Um, and then watch out for AFTN. We're going to bring you our regular keep trade release, which someone was said it's a bit like snog, murder, kill, or whatever it is. I don't think snog. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe torture, murder, kill. Anyway, I, don't I, don't know, I don't know what the game is. I don't know where I'm going here. Torture, murder, kill. Murder and kill are kind of the same thing. So. Very true. Let's just move on quickly. <laughs> Snog Mari Avoid, I don't know. Um, definitely Snog Matty Laba. Um, but yeah, there's going to be some announcements soon. One of the guys that we have to, to kind of speculate a little bit on is David Usted. Yes. Now, the Caps, it's an option year for Usted. The Caps want him. The Caps are going to, to pick up his option without a doubt. And he's a pricey option too, considering yeah. most goalkeepers are. But that's the thing. It's like, are they going to have to make a bigger deal for him not to be lured to Europe? Is he going to be lured to Europe? Would he go in January or is there a chance that no club would really come in for him now until maybe the summer? Yeah. So we might have him for the first half of the year, give the Caps a bit of time to line up a replacement. And the reason that I'm speculating about this, and we'll play just a little bit of... Actually, we'll play the audio now. Um, I asked David just about if he wanted to be here after having two stellar seasons, or was the lure of Europe maybe still kind of there for him? So it's a very non-committal answer. Here's, here's what he had to say. For you, yourself had two excellent seasons here. Do you get a little bit of itchy feet and maybe think 
you could maybe look to go back to Europe or are you totally settled here? Um, I don't know yet. We're in the midst of, of talks, obviously, with everybody. Uh, what's going to happen next season? I'm going into to meetings with, with the, the coach in the club uh, to see what happens. So, so right now, I, I don't know. Uh, like I said, the disappointment uh, right now is, is big. So what I'm going to do is... Uh, head off to, to Mexico with the family and then recharge the batteries and then I'll look at it when I get home. So David Oyster there talking about does he want to stay with the Whitecaps next season. Is it, is it a mutual option or is it a team option? It's, I think it's always a team option. No, there's sometimes they have a mutual option. I think that's just a top, top guy, okay. which for, for a guy on his salary, he's not, although as a player he is. And yeah. that's the thing, he's worth so much more than he's getting paid, but goalkeepers don't get that in MLS. Yeah, and the thing is, the, the, the Whitecaps can um, offer him a longer contract and reduce, like, give him more years and maybe reduce his yearly salary salary, and make you kind of work it off that so he will be here for longer but doesn't have that big hit next year as well. And maybe that's something he's looking for, more security. Yeah, I mean, they, and the Caps will definitely pick it up so they'll get a transfer fee no matter what. No Camilo situations and, and nonsense like that here. So, I mean, I, I think we'll have ousted here. I, I don't think he will not be starting the season as the starting goalkeeper for the Caps. Come the summer, it could be a whole different story. There were some murmurings that a Scandinavian team had come in for him before, um, but and that was rejected. But again, murmurings, you don't know how true that is, but it wouldn't surprise me. It all depends also in January, their injuries and everything like that. There were maybe some teams fall out of favour with the keeper they have, so there, there could well, be yeah. somebody coming. I mean, because he could be a game-changer to He's, save yeah. a team from getting relegated Definitely. or to get a team promotion. Yeah. And the other big decisions... Well, there's, a, I guess, a number of big decisions facing Carl Robinson. He said there's not going to be a lot of changes. He doesn't. There will be new faces, but it's not going to be a drastic overhaul and drastic changes. One of the big decisions, of course, is around some of the veteran players. You're going to have Robert Earnshaw, you've got Myra Rosales, and you've got the two fullbacks, older and on expensive contracts, and Jordan Harvey and, and Stephen Betashure. Harvey is still, he's contracted, he's fine as far as I know, it's not an option year. Betashure is an option year. And I think it's pricey too. I, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be. So I personally think the Caps and Beta Sure will want to come to an agreement, but it's whether they can come to an agreement that is financially suitable to both. Personally, I would get rid of him. That does leave a big hole in that you do need to get a quality right back because Jordan Smith is not that guy. Well, you get somebody maybe, uh, not. you don't have to get somebody as good as Beatishore, maybe somebody a little bit better than Smith so that the two yeah, can, can compete. but my fear is you saw how long it was to get a quality right back in the past when we had a search for one. Yeah, they got YP Lee and then they got Beatishore right after that. It's been a solid position ever since. Yeah, but before YP Lee they had a big search oh, big for a right back. Yeah. Jonathan Leathers. Yeah, I think Beatishore has to take a big pay cut to stay around. Harvey wants to stay here, and I think Harvey will stay here. Robert Earnshaw, as much as I love talking to him, and as we said before, I think we've done more podcast minutes with him this year than he's actually played minutes for the Whitecaps. <laughs> but you can't see him staying. No, it'd be difficult. Uh, I think if he comes on a really low salary and just wants to maybe get some coaching, more coaching minutes, and maybe he'll do that. But overall, uh, I think there'll be some... I think he may, might get an offer from a championship side or a League Two side, because he is still yeah, valuable. wouldn't be surprised. and he, he might want to stay here, but in the twilight of his years, he wants to play these games and he's not playing. And also, you know that Rob is wanting to look, and he's talked about this, bringing in more attackers, more strikers, maybe not to play alongside Rivero unless he changes the whole formation, but to push Rivero or even take over from Rivero. So, Earnshaw, there's 
to me, there's no room for him there. And of course, the final veteran that we'll just have a quick talk about just now is Myra Rosales on a high salary. The high twos, closer to three yeah, or something like that. Yeah, and for me, disappointed a little bit this year. I mean, he had three assists on the year. He had three assists for the Whitecaps last year, and he only came to us in August. Yeah, he was. there were times when he was a little valuable because he was playing in the middle when Pedro was hurt, and he became quite valuable then. But when you got two guys like Manny and Teixeira already, you know, the, your main starters, you don't need that high price as a backup. I think you can get somebody cheaper. Um, Keon's froze has impressed in the limited minutes he has, so maybe he can get more minutes. So maybe you don't need a Mar Rosales to come back, but you know definitely that he's the kind of guy that would like to return. Um, he, you know, he he did come from uh, Chivas through Seattle, and he seems to really enjoy his time in Vancouver. So it, it seems like a guy that uh, would come back maybe for a cut, but depending on how big the cut is. I think it would have to be a very, very big cut, and it's whether he's prepared to do that. But I had a chance to catch up with Myro on Thursday just to ask him about the season, the injuries he had, whether he wants to, to stay with the Whitecaps. If he doesn't, does he want to stay in MLS? So we discussed all those things. So let's hear now from Myro Rosales. I just wanted to ask you a few things just about your season, your future, just a few things like that. So, first of all, the, the club. Uh, great season for the club, a lot of firsts. Even though they got beat on Sunday in the semi-final, they achieved so much this year. Yeah, yeah, we have a really positive year. Uh, what we spoke in, in a long meeting that we had in the beginning of the year, so obviously we, we point what we wanted to accomplish and uh, actually we did 90% of what we wanted. Uh, for that 10% we, we, we have to work a little bit more, uh, we have to improve uh, uh, our team, uh, uh, improve uh, our levels as well, uh, but uh, this team and this club is going to the right directions uh, for sure and uh, uh, obviously, we wanted to we wanted to do the best for this team, and and uh, we want to work really really hard for for next year. Obviously, if if I'm staying, and uh, trying to help in the best I can, uh, but I have no doubt if I'm here or not, uh, the club will will perform in the in the best way because they they had so much experience this year to to move forward and to make a, a step. Uh, forward to, to the goals are for this club, so uh, really happy to be part of. Uh, it was an excellent season. Uh, uh, being part of this group is one of the, the best part of this, what this team has, because it's enjoyable, uh, working every day with them, uh, with a smile and obviously trying to do our best. I was going to ask you about next season, so I may as well just ask you about that now, but do you want to be here? Do you think you will be here? Uh, I, I wish. Obviously, if we can uh, stay here in the club, uh, but it's not depend on me. Obviously, it is a process. It's, 
it's not depends on just me, it's the club, it's the staff, it's the players are coming in, the players are coming out, the plans for the clubs for, for next year. Uh, if they want me to be part, uh, obviously I will, I, will, I will stay because I'm really, really happy here. But uh, it's something that uh, comes with so many things yeah. behind that uh, you you have to understand. And uh, I'm the one that uh, knows that. And uh, uh, if he's here, I will stay in the league for sure. So uh, if he's here, huge. If he's not, I would wish you the best for, for this club as well. And you want to stay in Major League Soccer? Yeah, I will. You don't I will. really want to go back to South America? Uh, no, not yet. Not yet. So... Uh, I feel really, really good uh, on terms of fitness or uh, physical. I really feel, feel really, really good. So uh, I think for for the next couple of years, I can I can still play in the level that I want and I play in the level that I can help the teams that uh, I will be with. Both. And for you yourself, this season it's been a tough season with injuries. Um, Not much. No. No. It, it kind of feels that you had a few you missed. I have two injuries, uh, and uh, if a player doesn't have two injuries in one year after playing 25 games, yeah. it's, I, so I don't think I have problem with my injuries. Did, do you feel though that you were maybe targeted by players? Because like a couple of times when you came back, I have a position. I have a position that uh, uh, obviously we I will be in uh, uh, a target all the time, and. Uh, Times that uh, obviously the way I play, uh, I'm in the risk of having tackles or getting getting uh, roughness more than normal. But it's because the way I play. So and the way that I play is uh, just going to the limits, and uh, uh, we have the risk all the time to get injured or from that somebody or from myself. So. Uh, I don't like to play at uh, 50. If you play at 50%, probably I will play four or five games. I have to play to 100 just to play more and uh, to be helpful for the team. So this is the risk. The, the team struggled with goals this year, but the creativity was there. It's like there was a number of chances getting created. What does the team have to do now going into next season to convert those chances into actual goals? Uh, we are in a good way because if you create the chances, this is good for for the strikers. Uh, obviously, we have to work more in the in the confidence of them, but uh, they had a, a huge uh, tournament as well. They had a huge season as well. Even not having the best level on the last part of the season, we 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 performed in a in a good game. So uh, obviously, improvements, uh, young team. And it's always gonna step and uh, face that that kind of problems. Part of the game. It's part of the game. It's not uh, because they don't work. They actually work really, really hard to to get to the point that uh, uh, being more effective and being more uh, helpful for the team. So we have nothing to for them to regret of not doing it. They they, they work really hard and uh, they're gonna do it for next year as well. And if probably coming more players that uh, can solve that problem so uh, it is always positive if you have the chances or create the chances and uh, have the the quality on counter quality on uh, just be patient and try to create something so uh, they are in a good way
great. Thank yeah. you so much and good luck. Cool. And hope to see you next Thank year. You. Thanks, Myra. So we've talked about the key players re-signing. We've talked about the veterans. Will some of them stay or go? The other thing is some of the young players. And we won't go into them all just now. One guy I want to talk about is Christian Dean. Now, Christian probably started the season as the fourth-choice centre-back, ended it as the fifth-choice centre-back. He's in his second season now with the Caps. Tim Parker has clearly overtaken him, but we can't see Diego Rodriguez hanging around. So to me, he's back up to the number four spot right now. Whitecaps might draft another centre-back. You, you don't know how that's going to work out. But you'd see that new guy coming in as fifth. Christian needs to play. So for me, it makes sense that you maybe loan him out and keep his rights. Or you just cut ties with him and, and let him go and get the minutes that he badly needs. Maybe not at MLS level, maybe drop down to NASL level or go overseas on a loan deal. But I think Christian needs to play. But I also think Carl wants to keep him around because he does see the potential in him. And when he played this year, he didn't press. I think if he's willing to, you know, I think at the best he'll probably be a number three center back next next year, depending on what how Robles talked to Carl about his return and where he expects his role to be. I think right now Parker and Waston are the starters, like you said. If he's willing to accept the number three role, because you know that. The top three I or four. Be four. I still think Kai is going to be number three. But, well, if he's even willing to accept number four, because you know, the number, even the number four guy is going to get some time with injuries and, and, and suspensions like, like this year. But if he's willing to accept that and, and keep learning, then I, I see no problem with him coming back. So Christian was another guy that I caught up with on Thursday at Caps training. So let's hear from Christian now, just a chat about his season and the future. So here is Christian Dean. Just wanted to ask you about, about the season, just how you're kind of feeling at, at the end of it. Obviously, coming into the season, so many centre backs at the club. How do you feel your own personal season has gone? I thought, you know, it went pretty well. Um, you know, they brought in a couple new centre backs and with more experience than I had. Uh, and, you know, coming off of last season with not too much experience, just played in one MLS game, I thought. You know, this season actually was an improvement. I learned a lot. Um, and, for you know, team-wise, I thought we did a whole lot better than everyone expected us to do, being such a young team. Uh, I thought we did really well. And looking to the future, um, Carol said he wants to keep you here. But for you, I know you don't want to commit too much either way just now, but you need to play. Mm-hmm. Are you thinking about your future and what might lie in store for you now? Yeah, I always think about my future, but, you know, um, I I do want to play for Carl. I think he's a very good coach. He he wants young players. He wants to play young players, so I'd love to play for him. And if that that's what I get to do next year, then that's what I like to do. Having the likes of Pamaduka here and, like, learning of him both on and off the pitch, what, how do you feel he's, he's kind of been with helping you improve your game and just what does he bring to the locker room? Uh, he brings, yeah, he's he's brilliant. You know, we had uh, Andy O'Brien here my rookie year, and I learned a whole lot from him. So kind of having Pa come up, come in and take over that position, it, it was it's been very nice. Um, I mean, he teaches Tim and I things every day. Um, 
and you know not just him Kendall does and even Diego even though Diego's been injured and been dealing with stuff like that but I still learn stuff from him so I mean everybody everybody helps each other out but yeah it's been really nice to have Paul here. Uh, what, what's your plans for the off season? Last year you went away on trial. Yes. Did you go to both Rangers and Liverpool? Yeah, yeah. yeah I was um, how, well, how, how did you find that last year? And is that something that you'd like to do again this off season, or has that not been discussed yet? Uh, you know, it hasn't been discussed yet. But I mean, if that opportunity arises again, I'd love to go over there. It was a whole lot of fun. Fortunately, I got injured while I was at Liverpool and couldn't really uh, continue with the trial. But yeah, I mean. If that comes up, then definitely would love to take that opportunity. Cool. Well, good luck with everything, and hope we see you back next year. That's great. Thanks, Christian. So that was Christian Dean talking to Michael at the end-of-season interviews uh, media day at UBC. He's a good player. He has potential, but he now is at the stage that he needs to play and not at USL level. He needs tested. He needs to get that experience. I, I think he will be back next year, but I don't know if that's actually the best thing for him. And I'm a big fan of the guy, and he's such a nice guy off the pitch as well that you kind of just wish him good vibes, and I, just, oh, I, I hope things work out for him. So that's all we're going to talk about for this episode. Um, we're going to be back soonish with the first of our end-of-season roundtables, just looking over what went right, what went wrong, the future, everything in Whitecaps land. Some fun stuff. Yeah, so until then, Steve, just let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. And I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. I'm also the Whitecaps beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com, so check out all my stuff on that. So from a very successful and winning red and white BC place, thanks for listening, take care, and more on the Caps in Canada. Fantastic. Um, probably the best Canada crowd I've I've played in front of uh, in my career. They were unbelievable tonight. It was a real treat to come in and see a lot of red everywhere, um, outnumber the blue by tons, and that's not always a given in this country. So it's just nice to see us taking steps in the right direction on the field and off the field.